we are going to call this part two. It wasn't part two as I initially had thought, but it is part two today. Last night when I was writing out the, 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 uh, the title and had been reading, you know, as I'm doing the series, I was planning to give a different title. I said, oh, no, it's, it's going to be part two. <laughs> so from two weeks ago, Ephesus, never to be the same, part two. Ephesus, never to be the same. Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 23. And again, what I'm going to ask you to do, which you may not be as accustomed to, but please, everyone, stand that can as we read the word of God. Stand to your feet, please. Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 23. I will read through verse 41. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, your Bible may say Diana, brought in no little business for the craftsmen. He called them together along with the workmen in related trades and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul, has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited. And the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and rushed as one into the, the theater. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. Verse 32. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did, did not even know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front. And some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He mentioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Men of Ephesus, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus, Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to be quiet and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly, as it is. We are in danger of being charged with rioting because of today's events. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion since there is no reason for it. 
After he said this, he dismissed the assembly. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. How many of you like money? Just imagine that this is a $100 bill. Think hard. 100 Right? Someone says this is a little dollar. Do you not know that a dollar can go a long way today? They got, they got a dollar store around here. They got dollar stores all over the place. How many of you thought that a dollar store would come up again at this? I never thought about it. Never thought it would happen. The mighty dollar. <laughs> mm. We're going to discuss the, the issue of money today. And, and believe it or not, you're thinking, what we just read? Yes, we're going to see in the word of God this matter of money. The Temple of Diana, according to R.C. Sproul in history, was constructed of 127 pillars. Each pillar was 60 feet high. Imagine this. A temple that was built and dedicated to the goddess Diana, called Diana by the Romans and Artemis by the Greeks. A hundred and twenty-seven pillars. Meteorites that fell to the earth were believed by people to contain images of God. So if a meteorite, a meteorite fell, it was believed that within the meteorite, there were deities within that rock structure. There was a meteorite that fell in the city of Ephesus. And as a result of this meteor falling in Ephesus, the people built a temple to the goddess Diana, believing that from the heavens or from Zeus, he allowed this meteorite, this meteor to fall in this city. And around the world, this meteorite that fell in this temple that had been built to the goddess Diana was worshipped. Do you not know that Ephesus and the temple there was one of the seven wonders of the world at this time. One of the seven wonders of the world was the temple built to this idol in Ephesus. Diana was known as the god of fertility. Use your imagination, you know what I'm talking about. She was also known as the god of the hunt. The hunt. But, but can, can you imagine that Diana was known worldwide? People around the world would flock to this Roman colony of Ephesus and to see, to see this great temple that was dedicated to Diana. Point one that we want to consider. Write down this point. Lying... L-Y-I-N-G, lying to protect one source of income. Lying to protect one source of income. 
The outcry of Demetrius that we see here, the silversmith, comes right after, as we noted a couple of weeks ago, right after the demon-possessed man beat up the seven sons of Sceva. Remember, that man said, I know about Paul. And remember, remember how it, it started. They said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And that man that was demon-possessed, that demon turned around and says, now, I've heard about Jesus. No, about Paul. But who are you? <laughs> and the Bible says that he beat these men up so that they ran out of the house naked. And that word basically means scantily clothed <laughs> and bleeding. When the town people heard this, the Bible says great fear came upon all the people and those that had been practicing magic arts took their books of divination, their Ouija boards, their magic chants and spells and formulas and brought it to a place and burned them. The value was estimated at 50,000 drachmas, and your Bible says silver, a lot of money. People burned up these things. Now, I know today, I've said this before, that there's some places and some homes you go, you can't sit on the couch. Back in the 70s, there was plastic that covered those couches. Jerry curls, no problem, just fall on the plastic. Not a problem. Ain't messing up that couch. And they look, always look brand new. Don't let it be a hot day and you're sitting on that plastic and try to get up. Your leg has the imprint of that plastic. <laughs> it was right after all of this money had been burned up that Demetrius called together all of the other craftsmen in related fields and says, Fellas, we need to have a meeting. Everybody come to my shop. And as they all gathered, he says, You know, we've got a problem. This brother named Paul, this man Paul, is bad for business. He's causing all of the people to believe that Diana, who is a man-made idol, is no god at all. And we now run the risk, based on this man's preaching, of losing our business. Imagine. People around the world flocking to your place and you are making images and trinkets of idols and all these things. And as people normally would do, you know how you get. you going to go on vacation. And you want to go to one of these exotic places and you're going to buy something and let people know you've been there. And somebody, in fact, may tell you, bring me something back. And there you are bringing back something that you don't even know what might be attached to it. I'm messing with you. Go and buy something there just because, you know, let people know, you've been there. I've done that. Go buy this thing. This is where I've been. And these places 
rely on the tourists because that's how they make their money. When Paul came to Ephesus on his third missionary journey, he stayed there two years at least and then up to three, as I mentioned before. I believe Paul was in Ephesus three years. During that time that Paul is in Ephesus, he met daily at the lecture hall of Tyrannus, and he had, remember, the, uh, there's a group that he's meeting with. In fact, I think that was, is that in Corinth or in Ephesus? Let me look back here at the scripture here to make sure I'm looking at the right one. Yes, there are some disciples, 12, that had not been filled, and he took these and others began to come and met with them. And as a result of the preaching of the word of God, and God doing extraordinary miracles, that place in Ephesus began to change. And when you imagine, when Demetrius sees all this money going up in smoke, he says, this is not good, because people said, we got to stop buying this stuff here. And then he tells his workers and friends, if we don't do something, we're going to have to find another trade. Because Paul is going to cause us to go out of business. People of this way, this Christ that he's talking about, saying there is only one God, saying that there is only one way, there is only one Savior, he is going to, and it's causing us great loss. We've got to do something. And this is where we come to at this place where Paul is being, being called the villain because he's preaching the truth. The burning of the books by those who heard about what happened with the demon-possessed man, number one, two. The major dip in sales, as Paul told them, that their idols were worthless, and three, the worshiping of the idols would eventually, according to Paul, would bring judgment by God upon the people. All of this affected Demetrius and the craftsmen. It was noted by someone that if Paul's preaching of Christ increased the prophets of Demetrius and others, Demetrius would never have said one word. You see, it was a lie perpetrated by Demetrius that said, we are concerned about the image of Diana. The lie was that, no, he was concerned about his money being lost. That was the issue there. It was his money that he was concerned about. And he called all these people and said, Paul is, is, is causing us a problem. People know that this great image, this, this image of Diana, Artemis, that fell from heaven, the whole world knows. Think about this. The whole world knows, yes, because Ephesus is one of the seven wonders of the world, that temple. And so the people are coming here. And, man, we're going to lose all of our tours and money. And when he began to say this, this group of men basically began to yell and to scream and yell in unison. Great is Artemis. 
We, we, we can't stand Paul. Listen to this. There can never be harmony with the gospel of Jesus Christ and idol worship. There can never be harmony with the gospel and with idol worship. The gospel is bad business for the idol market. But today we see that many Christians want a message of tolerance rather than righteousness. Paul preaching was horrible for the idol worshiping industry. If the world is asking you for a drink or illegal drugs, then your testimony is tainted, especially if they hear that you are a Christian. Not only in Ephesus was the message of Jesus Christ having an effect, but all throughout Asia, people having, were, were being converted. And we hear this from a man who's not even saved. Think about this. Demetrius did not know the Lord, and he says Paul's preaching is, in, is affecting not only Ephesus, but all the area of Asia. Think about this. Marin County, Sonoma County, Alameda County, Contra Costa is being affected because of the word of God. And he says, we better do something or we ain't going to have no more money. People eager to get rich have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I often watch on television the ID channel. That's channel 271. And they often have these mysteries, and it always involves a murder. Within this, there are two primary things that happen to take place. Sex and money is involved. <laughs> There's always a plot, but it almost always involves money. People will kill you for your $5. Y'all hear me? People will take your life for a little pocket change. The mighty dollar that people are working for to earn, somebody wants to come along, hit you over the head, and take it. Somehow they think that they are entitled to what you have. Demetrius was in love with money, not the souls of people. And he convinced the craftsmen there first that if we don't do something about Paul, we're out of business. And from that particular shop or the area that, they're, that they were meeting, they left out of there shouting and starting a riot, and everybody on the streets got caught up. Now, I want you to get this picture. Imagine that at in Ephesus, you've got tourists. You got people there that's from out of town. You got people walking down the streets. You got all these people, and they leave this place yelling, Great is Diana. And because of Paul not being there, they found his companions that traveled with him, Gaius and Aristarchus at this time. 
And there was the place called the theater that they would often go to deal with uh, legal matters. And this place was was actually built out of a rock, and it could seat at least 25,000 people. And all of the people rushed to this theater, angry. And all of the people that were visiting got, got caught up in this, this atmosphere of rioting and this mob scene and joined this group, as well as the other people. What are we shouting? What are we, what's happening? I don't know, just... Great as Artemis. Okay, great as Artemis. And they rushed into the temple. Got Gaius and Aristarchus. Then there is a person by the name of Alexander. Now get this. Alexander was pushed to the forefront, even though Alexander was not necessarily a believer. He was Jewish. Now, now Paul having Paul being Jewish. Alexander, they thought, get this, they thought that this, this group that was called the way. Now, the Christians were called people of the way. That's what it was first called, even before Christians. They were known as people of the way. Do you not know that, you, that you're known as people of the way if you are born-again Christian? People of the way. It was a way that defined them as belonging to Jesus Christ. And so, people of the way, because you are black or white or Hispanic, whatever your nationality, people automatically think because of your color that you vote the same way, you believe the same thing, and they will actually stereotype you based on your color. You understand me? They would think that because you are this color, you believe this. And if you don't, you are called names. You see, Alexander, having been a Jew, was assumed to believe the same thing that Paul believed. But not so. The Jews did not accept the message of Jesus Christ. Paul was run out of the synagogue, and that's what led to him having to go to a different place to preach and teach. But because of the mob scene, they pushed him forward as their representative. He's Jewish. And when he got up and began to look at quieting the crowd and they recognized the nationality, the Bible says that from 11 to 1 in Marin City, PICF, they yelled and screamed for two hours. <laughs> Stood on their feet for, from 11 to 1. I'm... He was, I'm up here trying to preach, and the people are yelling at the top of their voices, Great is Artemis! Great is Diana! I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to preach. I get the point. They assumed that because he was Jewish, that he was a part of. Two hours, this group yelled and screamed. Now go back for a minute. What started all of this was the fact that Demetrius said that we are losing money because Paul is saying that man-made idols are no gods at all. He is challenging the very 
thing that we believe and believe that Zeus sent us this great image called Artemis. And as a result, we are ready to defend our belief to the death, even though it's a lie. And when they recognized that Alexander was Jewish and thought that he believed the same thing, they wouldn't even let him speak. Get this. Now Paul wanted to go to the, t- to the theater, I believe, for a couple of reasons. One, his friends are there, and he would be concerned about them. But secondly, he would go and make a defense for himself. But I want you to know Paul's influence. Even people in Ephesus, the city officials, those that weren't even evidently Christian, had come to know Paul and respect him, and they begged him, Paul, please don't go into that mob scene. Don't enter into the theater because we don't know if you're going to come out of there alive. And it took convincing. Do you not? Oh, my God. It took them to convince Paul to not go in there and proclaim the word of God. Paul was willing to give his very life for the gospel. And I can imagine that Demetrius is just sitting back there looking at this scene saying, oh, this is good. This is good for business. We're, yeah, we, this, this is good. Our prophets, hey, I can see that in his eyes, he saw money signs, money dollar signs in his eyes. Yes, our money going to come back. Because people are saying, great is Artemis. It was the fact that she brought them their living, even though the souls of people were at stake. What the world offers as a lie, the church should make sure they fight against wholeheartedly. Paul was convinced not to go into this temple, not to go into the theater, and the city clerk was able to come and speak to the people and say, do you not know? Everybody around the world knows that Artemis, Diana, her image fell from heaven. Everybody knows that there's no dispute about that. They're saying, Lord have mercy what people believe. And that the city of Ephesus around the world is known as the great city of Diana. You are arguing and fighting about something that we know is fact. That we know, in fact, is a lie. (laughs) And the city clerk was able to Quiet down the crowd because you know their fear was we're going to be accused of rioting. And rioting always brought down the wrath of Rome if it didn't have a cause. And he dismissed the crowd. But he gave a statement. If Demetrius, he knew where it started. He went back to the, to the, to the host. If Demetrius, the one who started all of this, and his craftsmen, if they got a complaint, let him do it in the legal way. And as a result of that statement, do you not know the word of God was able to continue to be preached? Do you not know that God will put people in places around the world to protect you because you want to preach and teach the word of God because you stand for righteousness? Do you not know that when people are doing wrong on the outside and you come on the scene that some people will stop what they're doing? Try to hide what they're doing. I was driving down one day. And, and the one, one, one young lady had a drink in her hand. 
ain't going to tell y'all who it is. No, no, no. And when I drove, I saw her put the drink on the other side in this tailgate of this truck and set it down as if I saw, I saw the whole thing. And, and, and as I drove past and stopped, she stopped. Hello there. She, she called me Marcus. Hello there, Marcus. I said, hey, how you doing? You can go ahead and get your drink over there, too. <laughs> she started laughing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have fun with him. I have fun with him. I have fun with him. I have fun. But your presence should cause people to try to clean it up. That's what your presence should do. But if they begin to invite you in to partake of what they're doing, then that means there's something going on with your testimony. Do you not know Paul was never accused? He was never accused of compromising on his missionary journey. Well, let me back up. There were some things that he may have, should have done, and we'll get to that. But from the outside, he wasn't taking part in sin. How many of you stand for righteousness when the world is asking you to compromise? How many of you stand for the truth when the world says, ain't nobody going to know? Nobody going to know. I tell you that story with my dad once when Big G was there, before it was Molly Stone. Y'all remember Big G? Big G, Big G. My dad would always make fruitcake, and he used brandy. And Hayton's was down there at the time, but he thought, you know, I better not go down to Hayton's <laughs> and buy this brandy. <laughs> it might send the wrong message. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So he said, I'll just drive around to Sausalito Big G and get the brandy for my fruitcake. So... Gets the brandies in line, and person behind her comes up and taps him on the back. I know, Rev. It's okay. I know. <laughs> what can he say? It's for my fruitcake. <laughs> Does your life reflect the holiness of God as I bring this to an end? Even in the city, with all the chaos, we see God's divine hand at work in protecting Paul and his companions. Are you bad for business for those doing wrong? Or is your money tearing down the kingdom of God and building up the false temple and false worship of Diana? Do you stand for that which is holy and righteous, or does Demetrius... And the craftsmen of idolatry say, hey, you are good for our business. Why don't you come and join us? How would Christ evaluate your life and giving in the kingdom of God? How does your life and giving measure up? Or are we building up the very thing that God is going to tear down? Where you spend your time and your money says a lot about what you think and feel about the kingdom of God. Not long ago, I was involved in that friends helping friends. It was not friends helping friends. It was 
persons helping each themselves to get what they wanted. And that game consumed me for a period of time. Wrapped up. Do you not know that before you know it, you can get wrapped up in something and not even realize how deep it's taking you? So the Lord has to pull you back from the brink of disaster. The brink of disaster God has to pull you back from. And you've got to be willing to listen. Demetrius was willing to sell his soul for profit. And Paul says, there is no compromise with the word of God. I'm going to share this as I close. I'm always in, it seems, a battle at my job in San Rafael and what's going to happen. Constantly praying, my wife praying, people just give direction, help. You, you know what's happening. There's things changing. So when I talked to my board earlier, I said, you know, we're going to run a deficit this year. Going to have to use some that's in savings. And do you not know, they said, based on what you've been doing, go right on and do what you feel you need to do. They have given me the, the freedom to try out some ideas that I have in my mind that's not, always, that's not always known ahead of time. But that's something because most boys say, no, no, before you do anything, we want to see it. Before you do, take your next step, right, let's see what it's doing. I don't always know. I got an idea, and they says. Go with your ideas. But I'm sitting in my office on Friday after the, the memorial for Willie Joe. After I left, I had to go back. There's some things I have a, things to get ready. And as I am near, thinking, well, Lord, this, this is just where it is. One contract that we, we have, and thinking, well, I put it down in the budget for this amount. It's, but but the, the, the deficit didn't really bother me this year. This year. The Lord has, has allowed us to have enough to cover it for this year. And, and as I saw the envelope, I said, okay, this is a, uh, a check that I am, am you know, getting, we are getting paid for for the work that these people have done. And so, okay. When I opened the envelope, there was a check there, but there was also the contract that, took care of a loss that we, that we lost for this fiscal year, made it up within $200, and it took us immediately out the red for the rest of this year. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And I, in the office, I'm the only one in the building at the time, my hands went on, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Anybody out there? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you going to trust me or are you going to compromise? That's what God is even saying to you in your life. Do you trust me with your finances? Because you know what? The finances are the hardest thing to trust God for oftentimes. This is all I see and all I can give. No, do, do you trust me? And I look at this and say, God, you know, you are incredible. You are just awesome. Stand to your feet. I refuse to build temples to Diana. I refuse to take what God gives me and say, I'm going to compromise here because 
the profit is great on this side if I just compromise the word of God. We have to be willing to stand, as Paul did, and call such a problem that we become bad for business to the world that doesn't know Christ and is living in sin. Now get this, we have to work in the world, but when there is known wrong, we've got to be willing to stand and say, Lord, I'm going to do that which is right and trust you to bring about the results. Today, Lord, we are grateful for being in this place. And as we take the lesson from Paul, as Demetrius was willing to lead a rebellion and a mob scene because of money, the fact that he did not want his income to be gone, didn't want it to go down or did not want it uh, to be affected, he was willing to compromise and accuse the man of God and the preaching of the word of the Lord was willing to say, that's the problem. Yes, it was a problem, and it was a good problem. May we learn to stand for that which honors the word of the Almighty and gives you all the glory and the praise. Thank you for your goodness and your righteousness, Lord, and help us to recognize that a city should not be the same when we are there. Where there's sin, we should make such an impact because of holiness. We give you glory and praise.